What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We have a fun show for you guys today. Before we get started, let's say hi, and then we'll say hi to our chat room. But first, let's say hello to our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. How do you do? So nice to be here, darlings. <laughs> anyway, that's our comic book. No, wait, wait. Let's say hi to everybody first, oh, and then you do always it. Does that, What's sorry. up, chat room? We got a whole bunch of people in the chat room. We got a fun show for you guys today. We have actor Tony Denman coming on, and then we have friends of ours, Andy and Marilyn Gladstein. Uh, they have a, a, a veterans charity, Dogs for Our Brave. It should be a lot of fun. Um, the chat room is Phil. What's up, Teresa Sabin, Cindy Lady Lake from Lady Lake Music, Meg Rudick. Hey, Teresa Su- Sabin, Anton Country Super from Australia is in the chat room. Uh, Jane Doe is in the chat room, also known as hey, Angela Angie, Jonas. Angie, baby. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, I, I forgot. I don't know who else I like missed. I know there's some other people in there, but hello, everybody. Oh, Carnell uh, from Twin Radio, I think, is in the chat room. So what's up, everybody? Hope everybody had a great week and all is fun. Oh, my microphone went in and out there just there. For I know. I've been, tell- I've been hearing it. I don't know why it's doing that. I switched it, too. Anyway, um, we're going to have a lot of fun, you guys, today. And now Ron's going to show you it's show and tell time for Ron. Well, finally, the comic book came out that I've been bullshitting about. Oops, it's glaring. So I got to get it right. There you go. That's that good. Jimmy and I. Hang on, I'll do it. Were, you talk about it. Jimmy and I uh, and Eileen Shapiro are in this comic book. And Kedrosha on a call. Wait, I don't. Don't. You don't have to direct or cue me. I'm not a moron yet. I got but you don't couple. even know how to pronounce her name. I know. I, I, I pronounce it Cardoshala. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. And people understand that that's who she is. I didn't give her that name. Her mother did. Her mother made a mistake. It's a name that no one can pronounce. So she uses the initials KC. That's right. Oh, and we want to say hi because Lorene Landon's in the chat room. Oh, well, I don't know where she is. She has abandoned me. I love her to death. And she's not on my Facebook page, and I write about her, and she doesn't say anything. So I don't know where my Lorene Landon is, but I'm very, very sad about it. And I need her to send me kisses immediately. She's in the chat room. Well, I need her to send me kisses because I love her so much. Teresa Saban says, oh, Ron. Yeah, it's true. I love I love her. She's a sweetie pie. If ever you have met her, she's the sweetest, most gentle, gorgeous girl who has not a bit of conceit. Or, or combatness against other girls with big boobs, too. I mean, she's just a beautiful person. Anyway, the comic book 
is fabulous. Only thing that I think he did wrong was, and I want to redo it on Facebook, is when Eileen Shapiro, who has a chest size of maybe 54 triple D, maybe bigger, triple F, I think she said she's an F cup, had these enormous boobs, gigantic boobs. And here he portrays, shows her, if you can see that, getting caught on the fence. Well, that's not how it happened. She didn't have the fence between her cleavage. What she did was she climbed up the chain link fence to the top. Her breasts went over like the Titanic. I mean, they were like two gigantic spheres, two enormous Santa Claus bags hanging on my side of the fence. She's hanging on the other side of the fence. It had to be painful because the chain link fence was underneath her breasts where it meets her, her bones, her chest. She's screaming for me to push her breasts up so she could get off the fence. I am doubled over hysterical laughing because I can't even phantom doing that because I couldn't breathe. Finally, I ran up to the fence and with both hands, I pressed them up like they were weights. I pressed them up and I flipped them and she fell on the other side of the fence. That was far funnier than what the cartoonist did, but he didn't know it. I should have really consulted with him because that's the whole joke in this wonderful comic book. But anyway, here it is again, folks. Uh, I'm thrilled and honored to be in a comic book. Uh, so was Jimmy and Eileen. Of course, Cardoshola did it. She's, she's got a couple of them. She's a brilliant gal. And uh, we're going to go out and do a lot more ghost hunting with famous celebrities in the future when we can get out of this lockup that we're in. Also, you guys, we got a whole bunch of things going on with Celebrity Ghost Hunters. We have a website being made for it, um, for our videos. Um, we're in pre-production uh, script writing for Celebrity Ghost Hunters, the movie. And we're also uh, working out, trying to work out so Celebrity Ghost Hunters will kind of be like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Uh, of us like doing and going our ghost hunts. So there a lot of stuff going on with it. Publicly, a lot of my celebrity star friends, and I have many, many movie star friends, great names, famous people, not bragging, making a statement because it's important with the bullshit I'm going to throw at you now. They have all had ghost encounters, or most of them have, but they're ashamed to come forward because they said, oh, our fans are going to think we're weird or we're nuts or whatever. So I sort of like said to them, why don't we just do it as a cartoon? This way, it's not really you telling your ghost story, but it is you telling your ghost story. And that's where we got the celebrity ghost hunters from. We intend to, in the future, have famous celebrities in cartoon form uh, discuss their ghost story and the ghosts that they have seen or heard. I'm not totally through with my ghost story yet because so many times I hear the voice of Jane Russell in my ear telling me what to do. And I say to myself, Ron, I think it's time, you know, you go and get your head checked because you're going nuts. You're losing it, baby. And then whatever she's telling me to do turns out to be. It's almost like she tells me the future about what I'm doing. She advises me sometimes. I know you think I'm crazy, but it, it has to be Jane because it's her voice. Sometimes the spirits use their own voices in our brain that we remember what their voices sound like. The words come from I don't know where, and then it translates in our brain to their voices. That's my next ghost story. 
So we're going to be doing Celebrity Ghost Hunters, the movie, you guys, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get a lot of celebrity guests, and it won't be so serious like all these other ghost hunting things because we add comedy and we have oh. Ron. Oh, yeah, um, it's going to be all So Ron of... peeing in oh, the glory well, and holes no, no, and all no, no, that no, stuff. No, no, that, I never peed in the glory. The guy in the comic book got it all wrong. I love him to pieces. He did a brilliant job, but I wish he would have uh, cons- cons- what's the word I'm looking Kudrosha did it all. Well, Kudrosha got to beat the shit out of They took it out of the video. Yeah, I know, but what it was, 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 what's his name and I were peeing. And I looked at the wall and I said to him, I said, oh my God, look, they even have a glory hole in this nut house. And that's what it was. It wasn't that we peed through a glory hole. But anyway, if they wanted to do that, that's okay. Billy, what was his it name? It doesn't matter. The whole thing is just for who, it to who be Who was fun. it that I was with? What was Ricky it? Rebel. Ricky Rebel and I were peeing together in heavenly bliss. We had to go. We're going to bring Lorena on one of our ghost hunts anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> she'll be fun. And back, no, back, joint no, choices. No, no, Listen, I don't know if Lorene's going to be happy with what I'm going to say now. But Lorene in private has told me she has ghosts in her house. She has encountered some strange happenings. And yes, I would love for her to come forward. And I know Lorene, she don't care. She'll come forward and tell you. She lives in a hundred-year-old house. Uh, that's Amazing a, house. a landmark house. It was built by some famous person, and it's an incredible Lorraine house. says yes. But Backpack it, John wants to know what's a glory hole. Who, who, who wants to know what's a glory hole? <laughs> Backpack John. Who? Backpack John. John, you better Google it. No, he's full of shit. He knows what it is. He just wants me now, to Now, straight do people it. don't know what that is. A straight, listen, a glory hole is when you go to the men's room in a stall, and some dizzy queen made a hole in the metal wall. And what the other guy on the other side does, he sticks his jewels through the hole, and this guy services him on this side. They're insane people that do that. Because if you (laughs) stick an erection through a hole in the wall, and you don't know who's on the other side, that guy could have a cleaver and whop off your wang. And there you go. Now you're a sex change. Oh, my God. They're freaking out. So please don't stick your jewels jewels through through a glory hole. That's for, that's for very demented, crazy, ugly people who can't get a guy, so they have to go and not be seen. Or a girl. Or a girl, whatever. Teresa anyway. Saban says, sounds like fun, and Backpack John says, got it. <laughs> yeah, well, now you know. So don't, so if you go to a men's room, do not stick your... It's not room. only in men's rooms. It's all, all over the place. Well, they have I've never holes. been in the ladies' room, so I don't know what goes on. Oh, I don't on think they do it in ladies' rooms. But I've seen them in plenty men's rooms. Oh, now, Dave, of course, Dave Hughes jo- joins us and s- starts laughing. Dave, what's well, up? Dave's Dave, in England, you guys. Dave Hughes. There, Jane, was, there was a story when I lived in New York City. There was a gay bar that was primarily a ladies' bar. Beautiful girls. And somebody put a camera right in front where the girls squat to pee because none of the girls sit on the seat. They all squat. And then they blot themselves. And the video was shown on the television in the gay bar. Well, there were lawsuits and people went crazy. But I thought, Dave, if I could get that film for you, I will. And I'll <laughs> send it to you because I know that when you see a couple of beautiful girls squatting and urinating and blotting, you will masturbate happily. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, B. Claudia just joined us too. Uh, we got lots of people joining us, you guys. It's so much fun. And, um, uh, we want to say hi to everybody and glory holes are all over the place. And, and it was very funny that they were talking about asking if there was ghosts in the glory hole while we were in the thing. It was a lot of fun, you guys. And the comic book's a lot of fun. And from what I understand, um, Kudrosa is going to be sending them out at the end of this week for, for people who, uh, who funded our Kickstarter campaign. We want to thank everybody who funded our Kickstarter campaign. And if you want to get a copy of uh, the comic book and you didn't participate in any way, you can contact Ron or I on Facebook and we can work it out that you can get one 
Uh, oh, contact Jimmy. I don't do that stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm talent. I don't do anything business. You know, when I had my own show, Set the Record Straight, I booked the talent, produced it, directed it. Uh, it was a lot of work. It was insane. So now I'm just talent. Jimmy hires me for free because I don't get paid ever. So he gets me at slave labor and uh, promises me the moon. You know, I'll work for me like a year. And I promise after that, I'll give you jewels and furs and homes. I'll give you jewels and furs and, and caught Yeah, bullshit. B. Claudia says she's translating your recipe and it'll be ready tomorrow. I was going to ask you, but I hate to be pushy. But I was going to say to you, hey, bitch, where's my recipe? <laughs> You know, because I really want to make sauerbrot and I love it. The other day I made German pork chops, which are delicious. My version anyway. Uh, pork chops in olive, not, yeah, in olive oil, garlic, and um, uh, apricot uh, jam and some other crap. It's a sweet and sour pungent pork chop that's out of this world. And it's with sauerkraut. And I put it in my, what do you call that thing that you cook for 20 hours in that pot thing? A pot. What is it called? Crock pot or crock something. Crock pot. I put it all in my crock pot and I let it cook for like 75 days. And then the, the bone, the, the, the pork just falls off the bone and this, it's delicious. My mouth's watering. You know, the German meat uh, kitchen is not the best kitchen. It's a bakery kitchen. Germans, you can't beat their baking. But they do have Wiener Schnitzel, which is good. Sauerbraten, that's good. And what else? Quite a few other uh, German dishes. Dando says it sounds amazing. Oh, it's delicious. Lady Trust Lake me. wrote Crock-Pot, and B. Claudia smiled. Well, she says no, she loves sauerkraut. Well, if you, have you ever cooked sauerkraut with uh, – here's, here's the recipe. What am I talking about? It's vinegar sauerkraut, maple syrup, uh, the other thing, and cook it forever. It's a, it's a bittersweet it's – it's almost like Chinese uh, food. Sweet and sour pungent pork. It's kind of like that. They like it. They say German food is delicious. And then B. Claudia agrees. Yeah, no, really. There's some meals I go crazy. So anyway, I guess this here. There was a fabulous German restaurant in Florida. Do you remember it? That beautiful German. The one in Dania? Yeah. Yeah. I I loved it. Gorgeous. Beautifully decorated. Looks just like Germany. All the... the, the, What are you laughing? Because Meg wrote, my son's in the car with us, and now he knows what a glory hole is. (laughs) Well... Is, is Stephen in the car? Is it Stephen or the other one? <laughs> yeah. That's just hilarious. Wh- which son is it, Meg? <laughs> Either way, we have a guest, so we have to get up back on the. We have to get on the air. So, all right, let's go ahead uh, and and welcome our guest to the show. Um, Tony Demon's going to be coming in here any second, you guys. As soon as uh, Rebel lets him in, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see him and everything is working. And no, Lorraine Ron is not wearing earrings. Hey, Tony, how you doing? What, Lorene thinks I have earrings on? She wanted to know if you have earrings on. No, that's his headphones. <laughs> that's my head. So, Tony, wait, say something. Let's make sure we can hear you. We have matching earrings. It's yes, what <laughs> four kids are wearing nowadays. Yes, but I'm going to get a bracelet to match. Uh, Fuck I you. think, <laughs> more importantly, I just learned what a glory hole is. So oh, go away. Oh, you're so full of shit you're with the so movies. You're, in, you're in all those National Lampoon oh, please, movies. You're like please, probably like had please. more glory holes than fucking Carter's You know, I have seen a lot of... Uh, straight porno in my day quite a bit because a, a, yep. distant, a distant in-law relative was called Vanessa Parker and she did a lot of X-rated. She was the one that got fist screwed on a motorcycle in the movie Dusty, which was a fabulous film. Anyway, yeah. she made so many films with glory holes 
where she was sitting on one side on the toilet and the guy would stick his wang through. Anyway, so don't tell me you don't know the glory hole is. <laughs> so hold on, we I got to welcome born, him to the I was, show. I'm going to smack the shit out of him. What welcome him? I, was, <laughs> I wasn't born with a finger. Now, who are you and what are you Hold on, about? hold on, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show yeah. with also the super talented, super cool Tony Denman. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank Just you. Be- just say hi to the chat room because we got yeah. all kinds of people hi, in the chat, room. chat room. Hi, chat room. And I'll, I'm going to put these thumbs, they thumbs up in glory holes on either side. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, just because you're good looking, don't think your shit don't smell. <laughs> it, I, you oh. know, I have, I, I thank you. I, I had to remind myself that every day. So, <laughs> yeah. Good. You got humor. I'm going to have fun with you today. Mm-hmm. So, let me mm-hmm. introduce you to my cool, outrageous yes. man about tank host. This is Ron Russell. With the earrings, Tony. with the white button earrings. Yes, you guys have matching earrings on. Captain, hey, my are? captain. I'm very yes. well. Very well. well thank well, you for well, having me. Oh, listen, you're going to be fun. I could tell you have a good sense of humor. Some of the ones that come on our show are so fucking dead. I want to just walk off and go swimming. But um, <laughs> no, really. But I like it when we have a guest that's cool with a great wit, because that makes our show go on iHeartRadio. And I know that you're going to make this show today go on iHeartRadio. We're well, always on iHeart. You just mean in the top on iHeart. Well, on the top. You know, we've been up there 17 times is the number one. Not number one. Top 100. Top hundred? What the fuck ever it is? I don't know. Who does math anymore? Okay. Math is like pre-COVID days. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Now G. Larry Butler's in the chat room, and he wants to know if you sing "Glory Hallelujah" when you're when you're in the glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> Butler, I don't go in glory holes. <laughs> hey, G. But- Larry, what's up? Nice to see you. So anyway, you guys, this is Tony Denman. Hey, you can follow, you can Thank you for him. having me. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at Tony underscore Denman, D-E-N-M-A-N. Uh, we originally brought Tony on to talk, which we're going to talk about, his newest film, For the Love of Jesse, uh, that he's got a role in. But, you guys, he's got some freaking comedy uh, resume of films, especially for you, like, National Lampoon lovers. He was in Dorm Days, Dorm Days 2. Uh, he's a, a couple episodes of King of the Hill, Barely Legal, Sorority Boys, which is a fucking hilarious movie. Um, it's yeah. really, really funny. Poor White Trash is a very good movie. He's in Fargo with William Macy and Francis McDormand. Um, he's he's uh, was in a couple of episodes of Seventh Heaven, at least, that I know of at least one. And, and that dude got in trouble. And I he, I used to love him, and he really screwed himself. And yeah. Uh, too much glory hole days. I think. <laughs> yeah. so you're fascinated with that glory hole. <laughs> listen, listen, when you're in New York, go to Macy's seventh floor men's room. There's about 20 glory holes in every friggin' store. <laughs> Macy's does not board them up because they don't want to lose their gay clientele. Wait, wait, where do you, you actually no. live in California though, right? No. They're not prejudiced. Um, I, yeah, I, I live in California. I'm actually um, I'm moving back to Minnesota in the next couple months. That's why I'm in my garage here, and uh, I look like I'm a hoarder of some sort no, no, of. Uh, I, I must interrupt you. Yes. Why, in your right mind, would you move to Minnesota? Where you know, the temperature is below zero fifty. I know. I know. And it, the weather sucks, and it's freezing cold, dark, dreary, and dank. Maybe he's got a good reason. You better less, have a- less glory holes, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> just bringing it back around. I'm just bringing it back around, Ron. I, I just so. hope there's a wonderful piece of pussy up there waiting for you because that's a yeah. very, very boring place. <laughs> well, the Midwest girls, they keep you warm at night, hopefully. So yeah, that's because uh, that's, that's because so big. No, that's because, <laughs> you know why they keep you warm? They keep your face warm because they don't wax. Oh, there you go. 
Well, neither do I, so that's good. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a long list of reasons. Uh, the most, I guess, uh, appropriate one is just to get out of the L.A. right now for me seems a little a little strange. And I'm, I just bought a piece of land, three acres, so I'm going to go and uh, live and grow a big beard and try and be uh, Jeremiah Johnson for a little while. Who knows? For you. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I guess escapism is in everybody's soul. Sometimes I'd like to live on a mountaintop. Of course, we're the four-star hotel, swimming pool, chauffeur, and a chef. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like roughing it up. That's how I rough it up on the mountain. <laughs> yeah. You're a glamper. Huh. <laughs> My days of roughing it up are over, kiddo. Moving out at 3 o'clock in the morning because your lawyer and law dis- dispossessed you. No, those days are over. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. But it was fun while it lasted. Anyway, no, those right. days weren't. No, they weren't fun. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my then lover and partner, Sal, who was wonderful, made a lot of money but never paid a bill. He hated to pay the electric bill or car payments or rent. He just had a thing about giving away his money. So he was in charge of bills because I don't do bills. I'm talent, like I told Jimmy. I don't do work. Right. And... I would come home and they were, the garbage men had our, our door open and they were taking our furniture out to bring down in the parking lot. And I had to quickly muster up the money for the rent. It wasn't easy. So, you know, I, I like my life now. Palm Springs, swimming pools, lots of uh, fun people. It's the yeah. way to go. Why Sounds- don't you move to Palm Springs? Why are you going to Minnesota? How are you going to work? Because he bought for- land in Minnesota. I don't give a shit. What, is he going to be a farmer? With his work career. Very true, yeah. With your work career, you got to keep working, kiddo. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many things uh, to answer there. But um, mostly I'm from Minnesota. Uh, I have a lot of I have a lot of non Hollywood connections there, but I have a lot of stuff going on in terms of just life and family. And um, for the most part, L.A., it seems like, I mean, I can come on your show in Minnesota anytime, right? It doesn't Absolutely. matter nowadays. Absolutely. You can be anywhere. <laughs> Actually, you can be anywhere to do anything now. No, living in L.A. now is bullshit. Nobody wants to live in L.A. That's what my point. I mean, L.A. No. is over for, for me. Anyway. L.A. has turned to shit. It's yeah. got all garbage people, horrible crap going on. Hollywood Boulevard is a sin. The giant is Grauman Theater. There's all these peddlers in the front, beggars all over, street people, tents. It looks like a war zone. Hollywood's not the Hollywood I remember of 70 years ago where you saw Lana yeah. Turner in a convertible driving down Hollywood Boulevard. Once now, upon you- a time in Hollywood, you know? Yes. So. Hollywood has changed. Uh, I would, Ron's going to be eighty next week. So, like, why do you always have to bullshit? I don't want to know that. I know, but people need them. People, so they have a because well, Lana Turner. What many of us weren't even born when Lana Turner was driving down the road on Hollywood. What Boulevard. a what a pity! Because it was a wonderful time to be born. <laughs> I mean, I I, I don't want to be born when Madonna was born. What kind of thrill is that? Oh, I would. Well, I like yeah, that. You <laughs> that. That's you. But no, seriously, L.A. is not the place to live anymore. Uh, the, uh, suburbs. We go there a lot. Oh, wait, the, suburb, drive, the suburbs man. are beautiful. Yeah. Westlake, Thousand Oaks, all the yeah. way up. You know, the, 30 miles north of L.A. is heavenly. Or well, I'll, I'll tell you what. We, uh, we made this. We had already made this decision. And I have a 16-year-old as well. And we were and I have two, I have two wait, little. 16-year-old what? Girl or boy? Boy. Oh, get, him out, I, get him out of there. And I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old as well. So, you know, 
it's it's L- la living la living is hard we're we live in northridge we're doing our little pleasantville kind of family bike ride around the <laughs> around the street right with the kids and the thing and the helmets and all that and we're like we're like wow life is beautiful we turn the corner there's 12 cop cars and 12 crackheads with hand you know <laughs> And we're just like, this is Northridge. Like, okay, yeah. so um, what time's the uh, plane getting here? You know? Yes. Yeah. No, I lived in Beverly Hills, and I was raising two daughters. And I saw what was happening, so I quickly moved back to Long Island, to Garden City, which is a very, very Protestant, white glove, green, blue-eyed white people. Matter of fact, when I moved in, an Italian, they thought, you know, I was like a black person. They all came down the block to see the children of the Italian. Right. That's how that town was, but it was a good place for children because the people there were really drug free and, and very religious and very. Um, Is that where you grew white, up? White bread. Hell no, I grew up in Brooklyn, Red Hook with the hood. <laughs> <laughs> with all the killers, murderers, and bank robbers and thieves. Well, you'd I, fit right in in Northridge nowadays. So, you know. Oh, no, no. Let me tell you something about Brooklyn. Brooklyn, when people there had their own private businesses, we shall say. They had style, class, and elegance. They didn't do drugs. They just were, you know, like sort of, there's no such thing as the mafia, but I'll use that word. They were mafia. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and they were not the hoods of today. Uh, not at all. They were class acts. They dressed beautifully. Their wives had jewels up the ass. Their homes were breathtaking. No, they were not hoods. They were businessmen. They were no different from the presidents that we have in our country. All of our presidents yeah. are gangsters. Every single one of them from George Washington down. Everyone has been a gangster, a thief, a racketeer, yeah. a swindler, a liar. And a Some jerk. just have better ponytails than others, you know? Yes. Exa- oh. Exactly. So and- wait a second. Go to your, your – so at 16, what, that's like 10th grade? Uh, he's finishing up 10th grade now, yeah. So that's the big thing, uh, moving away from the hood, the hoodlums that he hangs out with currently. Oh, definitely. Know. Get him to the farm. Oh, no, it'll be definitely. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'll be what killing is- chickens instead of, you know, uh, gangsters. So what does he think of the fact that you're like an actor? Does he like that? Or because uh, like, uh, or is he? I think he's not over affected. It. Yeah. I was like, hey, dude, I'm got to do this thing with these awesome dudes uh, here in a minute. Uh, can you? He's like, whatever, dad. I go, hey, can you come and like, you know, just check out my set? He goes, you look like a freaking hoarder, dad. You <laughs> <laughs> have a uh, way of speaking. Yeah. Now. I'm like, all right. He goes, ah, but it's authentic. So whatever. You'll be cool. So how soon are you moving? In June, yeah, we're just like I said, we're like literally in the middle of packing. And it was one of those things where we've been kind of, it's been on the cards for a while. And I think with this whole, you know, the coronavirus, it's it's disrupted a lot of stuff, not to bring the tone down. But I, I really been in this kind of like trying to find some positive transformation through this whole thing, too. So listen, just- listen. Quickly, I'm going to say quickly as an old man, grandfather. Yeah, get those, get those fucking kids out of there quickly. Yeah, yeah, thank you. As All quick right, as you can, as quick as you can. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to have a life of hell. I trust me, uh, Ron. And your I'm children will page. bring all that hell to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they're going to be in trouble. They're going to be with the wrong crowds. Who gets pregnant? Who does drugs? Who's a fag? Who's a this? Oh, being a fag is okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm gay, so it's okay. 
But I mean, you know what I mean? Being around the wrong kind of gay people. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to be around the types that you want to call you a fag. Basically. That's right. Right. <laughs> you're not, you're not allowed to say the word. I am. So I apologize. No, I don't apologize. It's freedom of speech. You're right. <laughs> you're right. It doesn't offend me in the least. No. Well, I, I, I like you. So, you know, I wanted to be a part of I was trying you to fit in. Right. I was you trying are. to fit in. You and you are up. fitting in perfectly. You fit in perfect. Yeah. So let, let's talk so a little far, bit. So far, you're a good guest. No, no. So we should talk. end it now. All right. Nice to see you. No, guys. Wait a <laughs> Let's talk about your wife. Okay. What is, how does she feel about being married to uh, a comedian, an actor, and somebody that wants to move? Are to you me- known as a comedian? You don't interrupt me. I'll put this yeah. mic right down your throat. No, because no, he's in a lot of movies. But like, uh, did for, you have to for, interrupt wait, wait, me? For the love of Jesse's, not a comedy, but but the other ones. Uh, for the other, he, films, his, his record is all comedy. He's got one drama. So what's no that? Fargo. That's a drama. It's an Academy Award winning movie. That wasn't funny, Fargo. I don't know. If, like it was supposed to be funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> have to ask. No, Jimmy has a weird sense of humor. I don't. Well, Fargo, um, Fargo was a dark comedy, and I think yeah, the reason people, some people didn't like it is it was too funny for them. If you know what I mean, you know oh, it was. It was high camp, and I love high camp. Yeah, for sure. It was very. Uh, it was very kind of like intellectual dark comedy, I guess. I don't know, but it 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 was odd. It was an odd freaking movie. That's I guess I can say fuck on this, can't I? Yeah, you, you can. can say whatever you want. Just don't fuck. You could say it, but just don't do it. Um, you could say whatever you like. Going back to my question now, before I was interrupted by this fuck next to me. I. Um, what I, is your wife? Does she really want to go to Venice? Where's your wife from? Well, she's from London. Oh, so. so she likes cold, freezing, damp weather. Yeah, she's like, I don't fit in here in L.A. Everybody's too pretend happy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's because they're socially polite. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and that makes it awkward. Definitely. Makes you want to vomit with this social polite bullshit. She, really. she is done with the 110 degree heat. Um, you know, she can't take that. She works in Venice and we live in Northridge, so the drive. A long one, you know, pre all of this, like, so there is a lot of little things that add up to just this city. You know, we, we, we met in London. I lived in London for 10 years after I, um, my son was born and I moved to London. This kind of getting back into backstory here. But, uh, so anyway, he, I met my current wife who is British in London, lived there for 10 years and, and then moved back to LA seven years ago. And I think she moved back here for me. I have been trying to uh, figure out my place in the business since then, but the business and my kind of idea of it has changed. So I um, feel like if you want to be a creator, you don't need to create in LA anymore. And I have not been auditioning for the last kind of year and a half because I- There's no auditions. Now you send in film. It, well, exactly. And There's so no thing as, a cattle call is a thing of the past. Wait, wait, let him finish the statement, though. No, like I, you, like you let me finish. I don't want to sit around and wait for it to happen in, in L.A. My wife is over it. And I am now feeling like L.A. doesn't I, I it doesn't have the same kind of like glitz and glamour as it did when I, I moved here. I, I graduated high school at 17. I moved out here because I was like, boom, I'm ready to go. Let's freaking party. Uh, on like, you know, like the, let's act, let's get, let's get down and dirty and become a movie star. But like a serious one, I moved out here to be a serious actor and then kind of fell into comedy. I guess I have like a expressive face and just started getting cast in like silly roles. And then bef- 
before I knew it, I was being called a comedian and it kind of threw me for a loop. I wasn't a stand-up comic at all, but I was kind of just in this place where people are just casting me as like the funny guy in, in the like cheesy college comedy, you know? And that was amazing. I'm super fortunate and hey, listen, I any, love... any, any film. I've seen all of your comedies. Speaking... Again, you did it. Any film is good film, my friend. Yeah. Today's, totally. today's audiences are not the audiences of 50 years ago. I moved to California in 1949. I was 10 years old or 1950. And you want to talk about California changing. In wow. 1950, yeah. L.A. was absolutely heaven on earth. Oh, yeah. Downtown L.A. was magnificent and beautiful with elegantly dressed people. It was a city of real movie stars and yeah. glitter and glamour. I understand what you're saying. But it was the feel, though, for me more we, than we, like we, I didn't have the same nostalgic, like no, obviously no. in movies and whatnot. But because Hollywood's over, no, but yeah. Hollywood doesn't work anymore. What do yeah. they make in Hollywood? Nothing. Everything is done out of Hollywood. Right. They buy Netflix shows that are shot in Atlanta or in you know Atlanta, India. Atlanta. Yes. Or, or, or Tyler, Tyler's studio is cleaning up, and Atlanta is the place to shoot. We're shooting a movie. Yeah, actually, there. I have a bunch of movies. I I'm have. Shooting I'm shooting three. I'm in three movies in Atlanta. No, one is Tennessee and two Atlanta. So well, that's where we're going because they give the. the and you don't incentive. have to be here to be in them. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you guys, the, if you guys need a dramatic actor who ended up becoming a comedian, like, let me know. I absolutely know. will. I've got Jimmy. Does that? Jimmy has a I've very got long list. Projects I'm working on. Jimmy has. What? A, I have 26, yeah, 26 of them that I'm projects. On. I'm holding um, you to that, Jimmy. Absolutely. No, because you're fun. You're fun and you're right. like good. And and I have to say, because like I didn't know who you were um, by name, uh, you know, but I have yeah. seen like all these films back when they actually came out. Like I yeah. remember I've seen Sorority Boys like 20 times. Um, and you know what's crazy? Like I'll be walking down the street and this I was in freaking uh, Carp Linoleum City in Hollywood. I, I, since I came back to L.A. and I couldn't audition, I, I started getting into like the art department world and became an art director and yada, yada. And I'm in Linoleum City and, you know, off of Hollywood Boulevard or whatever, just kind of grimy Hollywood. And I'm sitting there waiting for my order, trying to like keep myself to myself and my hat and everything. This guy on a freaking forklift drives by and he's got like, a you know, a 40 foot thing of um, carpet and it looks like it's coming out of the deal and everything. And it looks <laughs> bizarre. And I'm sitting there and he looks at me and he goes, hey, and I'm like, Jesus, what the he goes, hey. And I look at him and I'm like, yeah, and he goes, are you the sausage guy? <laughs> and I go, Literally, like, what is he talking? About? He goes, you're the sausage guy from dorm days. Hey, Julio. It's the sausage guy from Dormay. <laughs> He's like shouting across the warehouse and he gets out and he comes over and I'm like, Hey, hi, how are you doing? And he remembered. And I had no idea that like that movie has been on repeat for a while over like, I, cause I left, I left LA for like eight, eight or nine years. And I came back and I still get oddly recognized for dorm days and sorority boys on the streets. And I'm kind of like, Hey, all right. It was such a good movie though. You know, you can't, you can't trust the fans. I was shopping one day in the mall. <laughs> and somebody came up to me and they said, you look just like Ron Russell. And I smiled. Right. I said, I do. They said, yeah, but he's way older than you. I said, he is? <laughs> oh, you know, is he still alive? I used that joke from Jane Russell. I said, is he still alive? And they said, I think so. He has a, a radio or TV show. I said, oh, good, thanks. And I kept yeah. walking. And I thought to myself, 
Wow. Wow. Well, well, people really know how to say things. Either way, it's going to be a weird backhanded compliment of some sort, right? Like, you're better looking than him. And it's like, oh. Oh, I get okay. that all the time. Wait a second. Is that. You're better, you're better looking in person. Or... Yeah, I get you're better looking in person than you are on TV or in the movies. Well, you also you gotta... did a... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you have a face for a webisode, too. So, you know. No, but when I'm in a movie, I'm acting. And I usually play a mafia or a crazy person. So I'm in costume and I'm yeah. in special makeup to look different. So, yeah. yes, of course, when you see me in person, I'm street, you know, street dressed and fa wash faced. So it is a difference. But yeah. uh, getting back to you and uh, your career. Yeah. Do you in any way, listen, I have to tell you a very brief story, and I want you to know it's from Grandpa Ron. A very famous actor came on our show. What's his name? Who loved Lenny Kazan's tits. He said they were the softest. Oh, Paul Sorvino. Paul Sorvino. Oh. Came on our show. Yep. And I said, Paul, I understand you're living in Pennsylvania. You bought a bomb. How nice. I want to come and visit. No, Ron. I said, I sold it. I said, why? He said, because I wasn't getting any work. If you're not seen in town, you don't get work. He said, I moved back to L.A. and I started getting work all over the place. Do you think that could happen? Well, I've been compared to Paul Servino often. And uh... <laughs> I don't think so. I love Paul. Paul is so different. You know what Paul said about Lainey Kazan when he dated her? He said she had the softest tits in the world. So wow. I said, I said to Lainey, that he said that. And she said, no, Ron, he really didn't say that. Did he? I said, yeah, he did. <laughs> I, I love soft tits. I mean, I think they're wonderful. And Lainey's are real. There are no bags in that broad. The prospect. She's got Hello? another pair. Oh, you know who Lainey Kazan is? I do now. I just Googled her. Yeah. She, <laughs> she's a fabulous singer and a wonderful actress and a terrific pal. Anyway, to, to answer your question, um, I I honestly don't think it will hurt my career. I mean, I like I said, I haven't been auditioning anyway. I tried to get an, I literally have been trying to get an agent. This is I mean, it it seems so crazy in a in a world where I felt like I had I had a chance, you know, at one point and I came back to LA and I was like, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to get an agent. I'm going to go on auditions and just kind of like fall back into it." And I have not been able to get like an agent for seven years and so that's due to you know being lazy it's very difficult. it's not lazy but I, I haven't got the right one like i got one i got two and then i was just like these guys you know if they're not going to be excited or want to work for me or with me then not for me but you know like with me then i don't know what i'm doing i can't i literally cannot sit around and wait for this to happen i've got to make some okay. stuff happen let let Grandpa Ron tell you something else. 1959, I was 19. I made my first movie. My career went really nowhere through for 54 years. It was, you know, a few movies here, tell a little crap, nothing exciting. I turned 75 years old and suddenly everybody and their mother wants me in a movie. Number one, because they need an old bag and in a movie that could still walk and talk and think. Yeah. And also they get how much? 7,000 bucks. No, it's no, it's not a number. Well, anyway, if they hire me, the production gets X amount of dollars because I'm over seventy. You get credits for I, over the senior citizen. Thing. Yeah. It's, it's like the same thing as you got to have the the black so, people, the Spanish people, right. and everything. So else let me in give it. you a little word of minority. Wait, yes. Wait, let me give you a word of encouragement. At eighty years old, when we get out of this lockup that we're in. Yeah, I have about nine movies in a row to make. I have wow. never been more famous than now. <laughs> At yeah. 80 years old, I'm ready to kick the bucket, and fame has come my way. Your so, career won't let you, huh? No, so don't lose fate. 
It's going to happen. It just takes time. Don't forget there are millions of actors and comedians out there doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. It just is. It's all timing. Right place, right person, right thing. Maybe from this show. You don't know. You might get somebody watching you now and say, oh, shit, I forgot about him. I'm going to use him. So it's all publicity. It's all you have to put it out there, my friend. They don't come looking for you. you got to rub their nose. I also think that. Yeah, that. Because I have a ton of, you know, we we usually become friends with most of the people who come on the show. Some of them have agents. Some of them don't. Some of them that don't have agents are way more successful the ones than the ones that do because they hustle and they go find the stuff on their own. And basically, it's just networking. If you, totally. like, you know, meet people and network. Um, let, like, let's talk about, like, For the Love of Jesse. So how did you get cast in For the Love of Jesse? So th- this is what I've been focusing my time on. And, and it, this is what I will miss about being in L.A., the um, just serendipitous networking that, you know, you fall into pockets of friends who have no people that are making things. And I through through a very tragic event. Uh, sorry, can you hear me still? Yes. Oh, sure. OK. Started hearing an echo. Um, I, I lost my best friend right before this movie. He was actually supposed to star in it. Yes. And he, his name is Blake Heron. He was an actor. We grew up together here in LA, 15, and just like we did a bunch of projects together, had the same manager, and got into a lot of trouble together uh, here in LA. And we, uh, after I'd moved back, we maintained friends. And he said, hey, I'm doing this movie. This uh, writer-director, David Maccabee, who's now a very good friend of mine, is making this thing. And Great guy. He, he asked, yes, of course. And he asked me if uh, who I wanted to play you know, my best friend in the movie. And, of course, I said, you. And I said, well, sign me up. I'm ready. Let's go. I didn't even have to read the script. And then you know, I read the script, and it wasn't what I – had been doing. I wasn't like there was no like raunchy sex comedy in it. I kind of had to reread <laughs> it a couple times. But I loved just the simple message and the nature of it. And you know, through that you know tragic moment of Blake passing away, a, a beautiful piece of art came out of it, and I made some fantastic friends. And we had a blast filming it. And of course, it's sadly something special that i can hold on to as a as a memory that i use as something to remember blake by as well um, absolutely we actually had david maccabee on a couple of weeks ago we had mandala rose on oh nice we have, nice, we have, yeah. Curta, we have Curta coming on next week and then okay Second week, I think of June, we have Adrian coming on. So, oh, there you go. We're, we're playing, and and Ron just did a movie that just came out in February called Clown Clown Fear that stars Randy Wayne's in it as one of the people in it. You he's know, it's everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah. So, it's like even if you don't want him, you're like Jesus. <laughs> no, it's I, like six degrees of separation, you know, though. I, everybody I, knows totally. everybody. Meanwhile, totally. I loved I loved working with him. He was a wonderful guy. Yeah, he is a he's a sweetie, definitely. Very nice fellow, very yep. very very yep. and, and a good actor. Oh, 100% and you See, know my point was we go to every friggin' red carpet there is and I die sometimes because the movies are so bad I want to shoot myself in the theater. But the noise <laughs> will distract the people and wake them up. So <laughs> yeah. I I suffer through these films, but we go to the carpet because our friends are there, producers, directors, actors and actresses. And that's how they say, oh, Ron, yeah, listen, I was thinking about you. And, you know, would you like to be in my film? And that gets you work. Yeah. I would love to live on the northern tip of Long Island. I really would. I keep telling Jimmy I could live in Montauk, build a lovely house on a hill overlooking the ocean and be very happy to be disconnected from the rest of the world because I'm from New York. And Jimmy said, we will be, we will be over. Our careers will be dead. 
yeah. because nobody will know us. The reason that why Jimmy and I are famous or, or popular or whatever the fuck the word is they use without sounding narcissistic is because we're all over the place. Yeah. We're like we're like diarrhea. You know, we just pour all over. <laughs> you know, and, di- diarrhea is hereditary. <laughs> that's a, that's a it, knowledgeable point. It, it runs in your genes. It runs in your genes, right? Anyway, the point I'm making is out of sight, out of mind. Are you afraid of that? I you you raise amazing points for uh, me personally, for my career, and things that have kept me up at night. Yes, of course. But at the moment, like I have my family to think about as well, so there are bigger fish to fry. And I think that the my life is bigger than just me. It's part. It's everything that I represent as well. And when you guys talked about um, things, you know, timing, being uh, ready for the opportunities to come, I think that I I will be prepared and be open for these opportunities to come my way. And I create like every night. I'm tapping away at the keyboards until I'm like, oh god, it's you know, 4 a.m. and my eyes are redder than devil dicks, and I can't, you know, see through the smoke, and I have to go crawl, you know, back into bed. But, um, I feel like the more I create, the more that begets creative energy, the more that I'm open to it. And, you know, Minneapolis, thank God is, is, you know, full of creative minds and, and spirit art, art spirits too. So, um, oh, quite a few. Tippy Hedren is from Minnesota. Arlene, yeah. Dahl, Arlene Dahl is from Minnesota. Prince, so, you but- know, my mom grew up with Bob Dylan. They went to the same high school. I know that's kind of different, but still. And, and, uh, how cool is that, Bert, though? Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was Burt Reynolds' wife's name? Lonnie Sally Anderson. Lonnie oh, Anderson. Lonnie Anderson yeah. they're, the, they're all the Swedish beauties. You know, yeah. It's sweet. Are you Swedish? You know, I'm I'm Italian, German, English, I think. But I'm oh, sure there's a little, like. Uh, like my, we we tell a lot of the uh, Sven and Oli jokes in Minnesota. I don't know if you know the the Heimlicker maneuver. You know, kind of <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy for you that you're Italian. Yes. Well, my mom is Sicilian through and oh, through. Good, because I'm Italian. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Well, actually, not. We just found out through my ancestry thing that my daughters did that I'm a little French, about forty percent French. But did that hurt? Well, yeah. Well, actually not because I'm French from like 300 years ago. Okay. But in the last 300 years, hence, I'm all Italian. My father was Italian. My mother's Italian. I'm a cento per cento Italiano. So hang on. Here's my mom's favorite joke. What's this? It's a dead Italian because if it was alive, it'd be going like this. Yeah. He likes that one. That one I, I, I never saw that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I never saw that. So one. let me do some bragging for you, and, yes, then gonna, and I'm going to lead it into okay. a and I'm going to lead it into a question. So so you've made some really cool for me comedies because I'm I, I, like that's the kind of stuff that I used to watch when all these things came yeah. out, and I um, love comedy. It's in my blood. Um, you're in all. So some of the people that you've been in films with: um, Corbin Burnson, Robert Conrad. Kathy Bates, George C. Scott, William Macy, Francis McDormand, Steve Buscemi, Peter Stormare, Sean Young, who we met re- last year, actually. Oh, William she was Devane. fun. Yeah. William, De- William Devane, who's like, I, I have oh. always loved William Devane. He um, was insane. Yeah. And then you, the people in uh, Sorority Boys, Barry Watson. I was in a movie with Harlan, Wall- uh, Harlan Williams, William. Michael Rosenbaum, Heather Matazero, 
um, and Adrian Barbeau and for the love of Jesse. So, so you've worked with a lot of really cool people. If, who's your bucket list? If you could like work with anybody that you haven't worked with male or male and female, who are two people that you'd like to work with? That's number one. And number two, if you could have been in any movie that you've ever, you know, that's ever been made, what movie would you have liked to been in? And then I want to go, and then I have another question after that, but I'll go ahead and answer those. Oh, well, I mean, I, I just have to say like Robin Williams dead or this is, has to be a dead or alive, but he was yes, by fine. far like top of the list for me. Um, but I'd say alive still would be like Steve Martin, probably. Uh, the jerk is by far like my favorite movie great movie it's a great movie my mom somehow accidentally like or purposefully like did not return it to blockbuster when i was like 12 and so we we just like ended up owning it and it was just i had to go and steal it again once i wore it out you know <laughs> he hates these cans it was just one of those things um so the jerk and probably i'll put them together steve martin and the jerk yeah okay and what about a woman if you were going to like act against opposite a woman who do you want to opposite against act against wow okay um God, I think, um, I mean, I, 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 well, I guess, God, God is a man. Yeah. Well, a woman. <laughs> I'm stumbling for words here, but I think like Meryl Streep would probably be the top of the list. Right. Uh, Everybody one. picks Meryl Streep. I know. You put me on the spot. I feel like, you know, and you know what? She's an okay actress. She's not the greatest thing in the world. I mean, right. we have, we have Ann Miriam who's fabulous. We have Judy Dench. Helen Aaron, we have Judy Dench who's fast. Maggie Smith, we have so many wonderful actresses, mostly yeah. from England, by the way. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. I love Helen Mirren. I want Charlize Theron. Even if I just want to sit in a room with her. Well, she's so beautiful. <laughs> but Helen Mirren, I never miss any of her work. She is absolutely incredible. So then here's my next question. I want to segue into a new uh, a new thing. Yeah. You've done a little bit of voice work. I saw you 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 did voice work in Battlefield 3 and I think I saw something else like like have you done very much voiceover work in like video games and cartoons and stuff? Yeah, I I mean actually when I lived in London, I spent 10 years doing like voice acting was my bread and butter for sure. And even before I left, I did uh, I did like 6 or 7 episodes of King of the Hill, but they um they only um, put me on IMDb for one. I don't know why, but uh, you know so that you can I, put yourself on the rest of them. You can put it on yourself. Yeah, I wish I knew what episodes they were. I oh, okay. I was like <laughs> sitting next to Brittany Murphy at the time. Going, just make up the numbers, everybody does. Yeah, that's well, what I'm sure. to do. I was on Charlie Angels. You think I remember what number it was? <laughs> yeah. 15 totally. years ago, I'm going to remember the number on Charlie's Angels. Exactly. I I, anyway, so go back to that, though, because like I actually got asked this morning. Um, uh, there's a new cartoon, like an, uh, like a superhero cartoon, LGBTQ cartoon that's getting a Kickstarter for, and they got all these like Dragon Ball Z and people like big voice people. And they asked me to voice a character uh, in it. And I've never done a voice for a character, but I think you it would be a lot of fun. That. Well, cause I hadn't talked to you. Well, that's good. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that? Um, so like, so I'm gonna make. I don't know. So I'm gonna make a, my venture into a foray. Oh, it's the best. Of my, you don't first. even have to wear pants. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's um, I, I and I trust me. Like I wish that that I think for you especially will be something you can you can play with. You can go crazy with, and then you know they have you do it a million different times. And you can really make the character your own. It's I think you'll be, it'll be perfect for you for sure. I can't wait. I'm like super excited. Just yeah, well, about I would a have liked to have been excited with you. 
Okay. Well, I am. I'm telling everybody now. I have four I mean, million. I, mean, I didn't want to find out with four million people. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I thought we were. So married. you liked it though, don't, you, right? Don't married people discuss these things. Oh yeah. Before the oh yeah. Are you guys married? Yes. Nine years worth. Yeah. <laughs> no yes. kidding. Wow. That's why we fight like an old married couple. <laughs> See, we're, we're all, we're all he, finding he, he, things he, out on the show. Yes. He didn't want to tell me that because he thinks I'm going to get upset and be jealous. He doesn't no, know he gets some, he that gets... I'm in his corner. I only want Jimmy to be successful. No, I, I, Jimmy, I think it'll be Jimmy, fun. Jimmy is a lot younger than I, and he has a whole life ahead of him. And I want him to have wealth and fame. Me, I'm on my way, you know, to La La Land another couple of years. I mean, 80, 90, how much do you go? You know, the machine's got to break down. Plus, but, I can't act. I, I can't act act like a screen actor. I'm in, I'm in like 100 movies, but I suck in all of them. He's not, um, he's not in 100. That's your character, movie. right? Like, you play that up, too. No, now, he's, like, not in a, he's not in 100 movies. I am, movies. too. 108. <laughs> you're 108 movies? I want to know every fucking one of them. Go on IMDb. Oh, because you made, up, made no, up a I bunch did. of phony things. No, I didn't. 108. Your ass is 108. Anyway, he doesn't know, because like, I, I was doing it way before I like met him, but I suck. I'm not a good actor at all no he's and not. Uh, i worked with him in a film i mean the film people is- put me in their films because because of the fact that i'm like a very good publicist and i'm very good at promotions and i have a huge social media following right. so people put yeah. me in films but they, but i never get more than like a line i'm never a character i get like you know two lines or one line something and you've never just seen to anybody, be sag eligible you've never seen anyone destroy a line like he can <laughs> <laughs> one, one line and he really wrecks it. Ruins I, it. I don't know. I had a moment which was one of the most embarrassing things for me. I, I auditioned for a British movie and I got a call. I got two or three callbacks for like one of the leads and I had to do a British accent and I do the worst fucking British accent you would <laughs> ever hear. And this is a, with a bunch of Brits. So they just throw me a bone and they give me this little part and I'm in a cafe and the, the little tiny monologue is something like, hey, I've been sitting here and I haven't even ordered yet. Like, where's the waiter? So they're like, okay, action. And I do the thing. I'm like, oi, I've been sitting here and I have, you know, I do the thing and they're like, cut, cut. And they're like, um, they have the writer come over to me and he's trying to give me like, you know, dialogue coaching and everything. And they're like, you know what? Let's just cut this line. Okay. So one line away. Okay. I do the thing, cut, uh, take another line away. I do the thing, cut, literally. I had this paragraph to say at the end. I was just like, "Oi!" <laughs> that was it. And uh, so I, I know the feeling. It's um, very humbling for sure. Uh, well, I suck, but I know I suck, and I don't even try to like make it like I'm a great actor. I just like <laughs> to be a part of things, you know, and, and get in things uh, mostly to network and see who we, we can meet. Ron, on the other hand, he's an actual actor. He can actually act. I don't act. I become. You're a method. Huh. No, I just have. Um, I feel there are many spirits that can inhabit inhabit, inhabit our bodies, mm. and if you call on a spirit or a person you know that's dead or you've known, mm. you can actually transcend and send that out through you. I believe that. Whatever your method is of doing it, you do it. Yes, but I. I've He's been, good though. I'm I've not been any told good. I'm. I'm channel very, it. You can channel it. Yeah, I've been yeah. told that I, I do a good job. And most people are shocked by that because I'm so funny in real life and wise guy, you know, tough guy. And yet I could change that whole personality to being anything. That's a true yeah. act. That's yeah. a true act. How do you feel about yourself that way? I try to take myself. I try to take it seriously for myself, but I try not to take it too seriously as well at the same time. I do my work and um, 
I have been lucky enough to be in situations where I am learning and I'm all like, we're always learning, but yes, I'm also absolutely, been in, in situations where I am the more senior member of the team. So I can help as well. And uh, both of those two things give me a lot of hope for the enjoyment that I get out of it. You know, I'm still enjoying it. I enjoy it more than anything. And I, I really wish to get the opportunity to act more often. And the last couple of years have been uh, a little bit quiet, but I think the opportunities are still there and I'm going to be, you know, open to them as much as I possibly can. And, and also try and create as much as I possibly can in the meantime. I've been focusing on uh, writing short form sketch comedy. Me and my uh, good friend have been writing this, uh, this silly stuff that we post on YouTube and Instagram called um, As a Matter of Fact. You guys should check it out. Oh, definitely. Uh, I love Instagram. I'm on there all the time. It's it's um at Spring Break Donnie. Okay. So that's the name of the Instagram, at Spring Break Donnie. And we have silly little like, you know, two minute things. It's like we can't find the remote and then suddenly the remote's like poking through my chest like alien and stuff like that, you know? And uh I think I think in having uh joy come out of the process is the most important thing. And oh, then I, I, wait, what's the Instagram again? At what? At Spring Break Donnie. Right. So and how do you spell Donnie? D O N N I E. That's right. Yep. Okay. At Spring Break Donnie. D O N N I E. All right, I'll yep. follow it. Okay. Yeah. What I'm saying All right. Is my favorite part of filmmaking is not the actual work; it's the creating my character. Yes. I love to get a script and work it and play it one way, play it another way. Mm -hmm. Keep creating to make that character really become something special. The the actual shooting in the factory is no big deal. It's boring. Years ago, we had big cameras. You felt like you were making a movie. Now you you make a movie. You don't even know where the camera is. You know, you don't work a camera. You don't have a key light. You don't do anything anymore. You walk walk around and say your lines like an idiot. Right. So it's not it's not fun. You don't even know you're making a movie. It, really, you think you're out there talking to your friends. Right. It's like how how real can we be here, you know? Well, it's too real for me, but that's why I like creating the character. I love changing my voice and using accents and uh, mm-hmm. I love all of that. The the further away I become than Ron Russell, the the happier I am with mm. my part. How do you feel about that? I think that I I, I used to feel that way. I, I, I guess my answer is, is I, I go through kind of uh, like transitions of it. Like sometimes I try, and, I try and get as far away from it as possible. But I think it's really about taking pieces of me and bringing those in so that I can, I can perform those authentically, as authentic as possible. Um, I know I'm not a character. I, I'm not a, like a method actor who is into tons of different uh, accents and things like that. I'm kind of more into, uh, playing versions like extreme versions of myself at the moment. So, uh, maybe a little opposite from you trying to dig into myself and be, uh, extreme versions and like of myself, like neurotic versions of that. (laughs) Well, I I have a movie coming up where I decided I'm going to dye my hair black and I'm going to do a lot of yeah. changes. Of course, I'll bleach it out after. I used to be a hairdresser, so I could bleach out the black mm-hmm. and the white. But I love that character change. Mm. I love looking in that mirror and seeing the person I created. And that gives me the go. So when they do say, you know, roll them, I'm ready because I am that person. That's and how, the point how, I was bringing out. 
and how do you feel about like do you like to manipulate the dialogue and improvise oh, all the time, all the time. yeah right is stink <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Listen, I'm from Red Hook, Brooklyn. I was born in the projects. All hoods around me, tough guys. Okay. I yeah. work. I grew up with names that you'd shit in your pants if you knew who they were. Names that you saw on television. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah they, they were school buddies. Um, now they want me to play a mafia killer called Paulie in the movie called The Big Friggin' Rat. And I'm supposed to be a tough Brooklyn older wise guy. Well, the script was written very beautifully by a Thomas J. Churchill. And Thomas is from Brooklyn, but he's young. He's Brooklyn today. And I said, this is not going to work because my age and who I am doesn't speak this way. I speak old New York and old Brooklyn. Right. My, my accent gets thicker and heavier. Well, he kind of like was not sure of it. We shot it in one take and he said, Ron, I want more of that. Give me more of that. And I felt so good because mm. I... I taught the set that lines can be read and sound like they're read, but you have to make those lines convincing that they're your lines and lines that your character would say. The one problem I had with church was I wanted to use the word joint, you know, joint, not smoking mm. joint, a place. And there was a line that I say, you mean the coffee from that joint? And he said, nobody's going to know what jurnt means. I said, I don't care. I'm going to use it. They'll put it together. So when we shot it, I used jurnt, and he left it. Now, a couple of days later, he watches a movie with somebody saying the jurnt. He said, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. I never heard the word jurnt. I said, it's J-O-I-N-T, but pronounced J-E-R-N-T, jurnt. That's an old Brooklyn word, as, as old as 80 years ago. And it yeah. used to be an old player. I'm not going to talk like a kid. Oh, it's awesome. I'm from Brooklyn, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Leave that to the kids and the nerds. That's it's right. No, it's you know? Do you like horror movies at all? You haven't done any horror movies. I actually did a couple horror movies but that didn't really go anywhere. I love, um, yeah, I, I love, like, recently Get Out was really good. And uh, What Was Us was the other one that he did. Um, I, I do love horror movies, but I, my wife freaking hates them, so I don't get a chance to watch them. And then I I'm, love all the 80s stuff, like all the 80s I despise, Lost Boys. I despise, the oh, yeah. I despise them also. I never watch them. I think but he's in a bunch of them. I'm in mean, all of yeah. them, but I, I think they're horrible. I think they're really crappy looking. You did a comedy one, though, Trans uh, Transylvania. <laughs> yeah, so believe it or not, that's actually Dorm Days 3. And they, for some reason, decided to change the name to Transylvania uh, because they thought Good it changed. Good change. I, you know, I have no idea. And it ended up losing like it's like it won an award for losing the most money, I think, uh, of a movie that came out in like 2006 or whatever. And it came out. It was like the I like, was like those dumb vampire, you know, kind of movie things. Though I think they're fun. No, I like I like killer killer. What was it? Killer clowns from out of space. Yeah, <laughs> there and, you and, go. And the killer tomatoes. Those are my two favorite. Now, my real serious favorite is um, uh, Night of the Living Dead, the nineteen sixty two black George and white. Romero. Yeah, fabulous, fabulous. That's a classic. Uh, I want to recommend a film to you. Okay, my very dear, my very dear friend. Uh, Marcel Waltz produced this fabulous movie called Blind, starring Sarah French. I would suggest that you rent it and watch it. It's a thriller. I feel like I've heard of that. 
Oh yeah, because I it's well, big in Hollywood. It's like, big. It's like, it was like the one of the best award films to, that came a, out. It's the best film I've seen all year. Sarah French, Sarah French was right. out, performance was outstanding, and Mark um, Marcel did a brilliant job on that film. And the story is about a movie star who has her eyes. Uh, she wanted cataract, uh, not cataract. She wanted her lenses LASIK? put in. Yeah, yeah, and they made her blind. Oof. Okay. Now, one of her crazy fans moves into the basement of her house, and she doesn't know he's there. And from there, the plot unfolds. It's chilling. It's thrilling. It's Hitchcockian. Done yes. beautifully. Absolutely rent it. Your wife will enjoy it also. I have, seen, I, I have seen the trailer for that. Yes. yes. I love that fabulous. is freaking terrifying. Yes. Because yeah. that could really happen. I <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I don't jump from these stupid movies because I'm in them. But there's a scene where Sarah French is getting wine out of the refrigerator and the doors open and the room is dark. So we only see the light from the refrigerator. And then, and then when she closes the refrigerator, he's standing right next to her. And everybody just startled because it was cliche, but wonderful. Yeah, um, but she's blind. So she, yeah, yeah, so she, she doesn't, doesn't know. know it. <laughs> yeah. But the ending, the ending is quite an ending. And I, they left room for a two. I hope to be in Blind, too. I think I might be. I might play a cop because I told Marcel I'd love to be in that film. But I think he's got me suited for another film of his. Sorry. All his work is great. It's clever what that filmmaker did because it does what it says on the tin, but it then takes it to another level, too. It doesn't doesn't rely on the cliche. You know, it you kind of know what you're getting going into it. But then it yeah. also use, uses like innovation uh i'm sure to scare well, the crap out of you well what it did was it put you on edge without a head mm. being cut off or an arm being cut off right okay it was alfred yeah. hitchcocky and it was a thriller it was a psychological thriller now what is this guy going to do to her as he's in the house and what happens if she finds out who he is so this is what's really exciting about the script what they're going to do with blind too i have no idea but I'm interested in, in reading the script. You got to like love it. Somebody in the chat room, Robert Oliver. Hello, Robert Oliver said, uh, killer clowns rule. I don't know if I know who Robert Oliver is. I love kill uh, killer. But anyway, you know, and killer clowns has, you know, Terry Moore, my the old actress, Terry Moore, a good friend of mine. Her son is in killer clowns. He's a star of Grant it. Kramer, Grant Kramer. And we had Grant on the show. And I don't think he believed me when I told him that that was my favorite movie. He probably thought I was saying it because he was on the show. I was ass kissing, but that's not true. He doesn't ass kiss. It is, I don't. It's my favorite. <laughs> it is so deranged and so stupid and so demented that I love it. So hold on, let's do some promo because we've got another guest that's going to come on. Go, so you guys, go, this go, is Tony go. Denman. You can follow him uh, on uh, Twitter at Tony underscore Denman, D-E-N-M-A-N. Follow his uh, Instagram at Spring Break Donnie, Spring Break D-O-N-N-I-D. Uh, his latest film is called For the Love of Jesse, directed and written by David Maccabee, co-written with Curtis Larbaum, who's also in it, Adrian Barbeau, Mandela Rose, Randy Wayne, Bree Blair, and Tony Denman. Yay! Woo! You guys, it's a phenomenal, you know, feel-good story film. Um, it really, really is good. Uh, you guys will love it. It's available on all the digital download uh, platforms where you can like rent and stream and, and watch yeah. things. Um, again, it's called, I haven't seen it yet. I called, cannot wait. It's called For the Love of Jesse. It's really, really good. And uh, I'm a fan of Adrian Barbeau. And then if you want to go back and see, 
I, I know AG, and I met her several times in Palm Springs. If you want to go back and watch some fun movies that uh, Tony has been in, definitely you want to see Sorority Boys, just because it's a hilarious movie. It's, it's on TV all the time, you guys. Like They play it all the time. It's a very popular movie. Dorm Days, Dorm Days 2, um, Barely Legal, which I've never seen that one, but that's got to be a winner. <laughs> That was fun. Four high school boys, three high school boys start making porno to, uh, you know, make some extra cash on the side. There you go. So barely legal, you guys. Poor white trash with Sean Young and William Devane. You can always go see Fargo. He was also, you have a little role in Go, right? That was a good movie back in the day. And I got lucky. I was in the uh, trailer for that, too. So you're like, oh, there I am. And I'm like, I have a great line. I go, hey, man, how's the ground down there and shit? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like buying fake drugs from uh uh what's her name katie uh katie holmes i'm buying like fake ecstasy and then i'm sitting film. in a van yeah and it's a I'm great like, movie is angus like you way? guys yeah. He's he's in Angus with Kathy Bates and George C. Scott, Dead Above Ground with Corbin Burnson and Robert Conrad. Um, and, and then he's putting up new stuff all the time on his Instagram, you guys. So go watch his fun videos. Uh, but definitely go see For the Love of Jesse. It's a great film, and everybody will love it. It's a good, great family film. Thank you guys so much. Well, I want to thank you for coming on our show. You've been terrific. And I'm wishing you all the very best luck in Minnesota. And great luck in your career. And I hope to see you on the big silver screen in a lead very thank soon you. thank you very and much safe, safe travels to minnesota and if you ever need anything let us know or if you got any projects coming out let us know we'll bring you back killer and listen you're italian so i take good care of the italians you know it's part of brooklyn what's yeah. your real name it's not damon uh, uh my mom was adopted so her she found out her adopted name was a uh, donato oh donato, donato. yeah yeah I have, donato I, my, I have a very good friend on Long Island. His name is Bobby Denard. He used to be Denardo, and he's a famous ice skater who skated with Sonia Honey. Oh, yeah. There so you his, go. Name, his name was Denardo, but he made it Denard. There you go. Yeah. All right. Good. So, Tony, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks, guys. Peace. Bye. Uh, all right, guys. So uh, we've also got to do you. some little commercials for you guys. And uh, we want to thank everybody who tunes in every week to the show uh, chat room for coming in live. You can hear us uh, every week live from 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific time or 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time on W4C Rye Radio. We're also on K4HD Radio, Jackalope Radio, iHeart Radio, Stitcher, Audio Boom, SoundCloud iTunes, Spreaker, Apple TV, Podbean, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also on about another 100 more, but that's the uh, the uh, biggest ones. That Too many to mention. On. on television, you can see us on Comcast, Roku, Vimeo, and YouTube. And uh, we appreciate everybody. And also now we've been putting the shows on Instagram TV, you guys. Thanks for watching on Instagram because we're getting a lot of plays. I and think. you can watch on Facebook. Um. Yes, it's also this show because this show is streaming right now on Facebook. But right, right now we're live on Facebook. You gotta like love it. And for the people who joined us, so oh, Eileen Shapiro joined us, um, but she's working out a problem, so she's in and out. Hey, Eileen, sorry you're working out a problem. <laughs> I'm glad it's not. I me. spoke about Eileen. I spoke about your breasts earlier, hanging from the fence. How the artist did not make your breasts big enough in the comic book. And also, you you did not have the fence between your cleavage. You had both bazooms hanging on one side of the fence with you on the other. So I wanted to make that correction, but I don't want to upset the guy who did the cartoon. Which we love, by the way. But We love the, the, the comic. But Eileen, your bosoms are far greater than KC's, much bigger. Yet KC had the cartoonist make her with the big boobs. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're the one that's a 54 triple F or something. And for people just tuning in now, 
We'll show you guys our Celebrity Ghost Hunters comic book. That's it. That's me, Jimmy, Eileen Shapiro, and KC. Kadrosha Ona Karol. Yes, who did this comic book. And the story is about when we went to the crazy house in uh, Park something in Long Island. Uh, we should also mention. Haunted. It was abandoned for 30, 40 years, and it was spooky. Brian Morris and Eric Hawkins also contributed to the comic book. I think they're the writers and the I think they're the writers and the illustrators uh, of it. But either way, they're all their names are all on it. It's fun, and we're going to be having it on our Celebrity Ghost Hunters website soon and available. And Eileen wrote Kings Park. It was at Kings Park. Kings Park. That's what it was. There you go. I should have known because Kings Park, Long Island, they named the hospital after the town. There you go. Port Jefferson, Kings Park. Well, that's North Shore. What's up in the chat room is like going by so fast. Everybody's like running in and out. But Dave Hughes joined us while we were uh, talking with uh, Tony Denman and um, uh, Jane Doe is is back in the chat room. And I think uh, Lorene might have had to go. So I'm not sure. But who knows what you got going. And everybody likes watching your shirt. Oh, Show everybody you. your watch. <laughs> it's a uh, what is it? Forty nine. It's called a forty nine, and it's yellow and blue with a yellow face, and it's waterproof, and it's everything proof. And we have practically every one of them in every color. We went on this kick when we lived back east. Every time it was somebody's birthday, we all gave each other a wristwatch like this, and they're wonderful because they match your clothing. And yes, my shirt is a wonderful shirt. I've had it for over 10 years and I love it. Oh, and you guys were like broadcasting right now on W4CY radio, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Periscope, and Twitter. How cool is that? Okay, so you can't see my watch or my shirt because you're radio. But anyway, my shirt is blue and white. It's a No, bit... those are all video platforms <clears throat> watching oh, the video. video. <laughs> As I said, my shirt's about 10 years old. I wear it rarely uh, because I love it. Thank you for the compliments, everybody. Where are Marilyn and Andy? They're going to be coming in in a second. Um, I just want to look real quick on Twitter and see what that looks like. <laughs> so talk. What looks like? The fact that we're broadcasting on Twitter right now. Oh, hi, Twitter. That's my baby. Twitter's my baby. That's I mean, my favorite. I'm on Twitter, too. So there it is right there on hey, Twitter. Yeah, there we are on Twitter. That's nice. I like you. Oh, Thank my you, God. Twitter. That is so cool. Hey, I Twitter. love it. Thank you. That's good. Twitter's good. Twitter's good. Facebook. Not so good, but Twitter's good. Oh, my gosh. I love it, though. How cool is that? Yes. Now you can see our show live on Twitter, folks. Hey, anybody in the chat room, if you're on Twitter, go to at W4CY Radio and just retweet the fact that our link, so we can watch us live so more people see us, because that is dope. I love it. I love it, too. I think that is so freaking cool. (gasps) Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that, Rebel. Um, I know you're not talking about it. And and it's also on Periscope, you guys. How cool is that? And how narcissistic of us to be so involved with watching ourselves on a fucking cell phone. That's just cool, though. Oh, I know. It's cool. It's new. But let's not get nutty. No, we're not nutty. I just want to, like, share it, though, so more people can watch us live. Why? You're so so great to look at? No, you are. Yeah, right. Some old (laughs) bag. Crazy glued together old bag. Anyway, I want our guests to come on. Where are they? They'll be coming on. It's not time yet. It's not 4.15. Oh, so we have what to talk about. Yeah, so what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about releasing Palm Springs from this holdup that we're at. Uh, Not to rejoice or gloat or say how happy I am, but the Coachella Valley only had 77 deaths from this virus and only is a word I shouldn't have used because even only is too much. But the poor souls were only 77 people. We are a valley of 8 million, I think, or something like that. Some outrageous amount. 
So our percentage of, of cases, I think there were 1,200 cases that were hospitalized. Why are we locked up? I'll never know. Everybody here is very careful and very cautious. Palm Springs has a very, very good climate, a dry climate. Most people that live in Palm Springs, or I shouldn't say most, but a majority, come here for their health. Either they're HIV positive and they're afraid of pneumonia, or they have other illnesses such as tuberculosis or cancer. And the heat of the valley is very, very therapeutic. These people are very careful and cautious not to get the virus because they know it will kill them. So they wear gloves and masks and they really stay six feet or better apart. And I think that's why Coachella Valley has such a small amount of the virus. Also, everybody here is highly intelligent, wealthy, and rich people who are smart don't want to die. They don't want to leave all their beautiful homes and cars and swimming pools behind. Can you blame them? But anyway, uh, I think we should open up Palm Springs because people are losing their businesses. Businesses? Is there a word? Businesses? Yeah, that's right. Sounds like shit. Anyway, on Palm Canyon Drive, a lot of stores are going out of business because they couldn't afford the rent without making any money. So let's not hurt our economy anymore, folks. If we can, let's tell our governor to open Palm Springs. I am. Are you a, with us, Jimmy? Or yeah, I'm having problems. Away? No, just What's keep talking. What is the problem? What's your problem? Well, everything disappeared. Everything disappeared. <laughs> I guess that would be a price because you're fooling around with the friggin' cell phone. No, it's not because I'm not touching the cell phone. The cell phone's just sitting there. Well, what are you doing? I'm trying to. Uh... So we mean people can't see us now? No, well, we can't see us now. Are we? Well, I need to look at myself. Well, I need to see the chat. Room. Oh, please. I see myself messages. every morning in the I, mirror and I could vomit. I have to see my. I have to see the messages in the chat room and stuff. That's how we I keep need to see going. myself on screen. Bad enough when I'm in a movie and I got to sit there and look at myself in a movie. But you only watch it once at the premiere. Yeah, once is enough done. because I, I go into a coma. I'm so ugly and old when I think back at how pretty I used to be and handsome. Now I see this wretched old man up there and I say, who's that? I guess that's me. Anyway, um, everybody, what happened? Nothing. Just okay. talk. Well, how, what am I going to talk about? Um, talk about what, what, what we didn't watch anything good that we liked. You didn't like anything this week. No, no. You know, television is very sparse. We go on Netflix and all of those private networks and the movies on there are just junk. They're movies that never made the theaters. Uh, some of the stories are pathetic. They were made not to make the theaters. Yeah, I know. But they that was very obvious. Some <laughs> of the stories are stories that have been done over and over and over that we know the, practically the dialogue from 50 years ago. So television is not the answer. So what we're doing, Jimmy and I, is working in our garden, doing cement work, putting uh, uh, patio tiles down, you know, uh, flagstone, built a barbecue. Excuse me, pardon me. So it's looking good. Where are, where are our guests? Why did we wind up so early with him? Because we usually talk about things. We don't keep people on for very long. Hang on. It says... Uh, it says what? I know. He just texted me, so let's see what he says. Oh, it says... Oh. I think it says you're backstage. Okay. Uh, Rebel, do you see... Our, do we see him backstage? Or not? Uh, let me know if you see him. If you do, you can go ahead and let him in. And uh, we'll see. Let me in. You don't see him? No, sorry. I don't see anybody in a box. Uh-oh. Okay. I hear the music... 
I see the wet silhouettes on the shade. I hear the music. All the love is on parade. Open up. I want to be your friend. Wee-oo, wee-oo. Whoop, wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. Whoop, wee-oo. That was an old song from the 60s. Remember that song? I hear the music. I see the silhouettes on the shade. I hear the, the music. Yeah. Anyway. Anything to kill time because this we don't want dead air. Dead air doesn't oh, yeah. make for a good show, Jimmy Star. Talk. talk about what? I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't. You know, qualified. Not qualified. I wasn't ready to do ad lib lib lib. Yeah, I'm telling you to ad lib because we're having. So, a Ron, I have a question for you. Yes. How what is the question? Going? Have you been out for a ride in the car lately? Baby, yes, baby drives beautifully. Uh, they did a wonderful job on repairing my car to prove to Geico that they were wrong, that my car was not a total and could not be repaired. Baby is in the garage, happy and content. And yes, I take her out at night and we drive with the top down because I don't want the sun on the leather because it will dry the leather out. And Palm Springs is like 108, 102. That uh, heat can actually hurt your paint job too. And my car is marigold yellow or canary yellow. And I want it to stay vivid like that. But thank you for asking. And yes, Jeff over at Fix Auto did a brilliant job with his crew of people. And I again thank Sherry Nelson for sending the front end of my car to me as a gift from Canada. See, good people, good friends, good work. Make for a very good, happy run. There you go. You got awesome. to love it. So how we fix, Jimmy? No. I don't understand. What's the problem? Well, I he said he's there, and she doesn't see him there. Who's there, Andy? Is he in yes. your personal chat room, in your personal, or in the stations? Oh, no, no, I, I, I just I, Andy just showed up. Here's Andy. I'm gonna join him now. All right, perfect. Andy, Andy, Andy hey, Pandas. Hey, where the fuck were you? Question, <laughs> Ron. There we go. Yay! Look, I got to look at his face, but then I look at her face and I say, oh, my God, there's my Bobby doll. Look how beautiful she is. <laughs> say something, you guys, and let's make sure we can hear you. Look at that. Can you hear us okay? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Marilyn, say something. I say happy Wednesday, guys. There we go. Yay. All right, Isn't everybody. she gorgeous? She's such a beautiful girl. She really, and beautiful inside. Oh, so run. Andy is so lucky. You know, I hope every. She's lucky too. No, she's not. I hope, <laughs> I hope every night Andy gets on his knees and he prays that she loves him forever. Yeah, I've got my knee pads in the other room, Ron. And I sure. And, and if she's ever hot, you fan her and you adore her and you follow her around and just tell her all day long how exquisitely beautiful she is. Right? Wouldn't that be nice, Marilyn? It'd be nice to have it more often. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and folks her name is not marilyn it's mary lynn and i like that name mary lynn it sets her apart from so all i'm gonna introduce them all right yes. everybody now we want to welcome to the jimmy star show with ron russell the incredibly coolest couple you will ever meet andy and marilyn gladstein hello and welcome to the show thank you both very very much and uh, you know you're special to us, or your asses wouldn't be here. <laughs> She's like, uh oh. <laughs> you, know, you know how special you are, Andy. Well, you're special to us too. No, you're very special. We don't know you 
over a year, but we love you like we know you for 50 years. You're family. You're close. You're warm. You're wonderful. And you're yeah. a good-hearted guy, and you're going to tell us all about it in I, a little I'm going to introduce it well, now. No, no. I want to do the first stuff. Let's do that stuff first. We want to like make sure. You oh, I wanted to ask her how much he's worth. Oh, yeah, right. How about how much she's worth? So you guys listen to us because one of the reasons not only are our male and Andy, uh, dear friends of ours, but they're also um, uh, philanthropists and they have founded an incredible organization. It's called Dogs for Our Brave and um, Dogs for Our Brave provides service and companion dogs at no cost to veterans with special needs. And this is the coolest uh organization ever and we want to talk about it and make people aware of it um so more people will know about it you can follow them on twitter could send money you can you can follow people on twitter at dogs for our brave and then the website which everybody needs to go to is dogs for our brave.com it's d-o-g-s-f-o-r-o-u-r-b-r-a-v-e.com and uh uh so andy tell us a little bit about it i brought i i i, I copied stuff off the website yeah, but i want to ask him a question andy i don't know if i got the number right but I think you told me it takes thirty thousand dollars to train a dog. About twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand dollars. So everybody out there, send one dollar to this cause. We have over five and a half million people watching. Four and a half, Four and a half million. Make make a fucking jerk out of me. What do I care? For my, what you're gonna make it for another million? Who cares? We have five. <laughs> we have five and a half million people watching us. If everybody sent one dollar to your cause, that's five and a half million dollars. So it's easy, folks. One dollar. He will tell you where to send it. Go, Jimmy. Go. Okay. No, I want him to tell about the organization. Go, Andy. Go. <laughs> Let me give you the organization in a nutshell. About four and a half years ago. I met a Navy SEAL in Coronado, California, which is a little island off San Diego. And we talked about getting a gift for my wife for an anniversary present. And he said, why don't you get a dog, have it trained for a veteran who's come back from the war on terror, who's lost his limbs. And I went, wow, that's a pretty cool idea. How do I do that? And he said, I have absolutely no idea. You figure it out. Well, we did figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was a, you know, not the typical necklace, bracelet, anniversary present. We, I gave my wife a dog, and she got. And the the veteran who got it, uh, Sergeant Andrew Smith, was a double amputee, lost both his legs in an IED bomb in Afghanistan, and we gave him Champ. And then a bunch of my friends said, "That's really really cool. I want to do the same thing." So I said, "Let's just form a little charity and make this work for more veterans." So that's what we did. Um, we had a lot of Bumpy bumps in the road, so to speak. Uh, you have to learn from scratch. There's no book to guide you how to do this. <clears throat> so we decided to get a trainer, have the trainer train some dogs, not realizing trainer can really only train one dog at a time because they're at their house. Oh, yeah. And, okay. And so about a little over a year ago, Marilyn uh, offered to buy a building in St. Louis which is now our training center. It's about 3,700 square feet. We have seven dogs in training and we train dogs in a multitude of different things to do tasks to help veterans who either have lost limbs, uh, PTSD or TBI, TBI meaning traumatic brain injury. <clears throat> um, we learned early on guys that you, you really can't give a dog that costs $25,000 to a veteran who has a family who's come back from the war on terror or who's in Vietnam and has gone through the Agent Orange situation um, or somebody who's a veteran who has PTSD 
or TBI um, and give them an expensive dog and walk away. Say, okay, that's it. Good luck. What happens if the dog gets sick and you have to make a decision? Do I take the dog to the vet or do I put food on the table for my family? Or do I take the dog to the vet or do I pay my rent? So we came up with a program where we pay for everything for the veterans. There's no burden. We pay for all their food for life, all their pharmaceuticals, flea and tick and heartworm, which don't seem like a lot, but they really add up. Yeah, they are. And <laughs> we, we spent thousands we on spent our like dog. We spent like 6000 for the heartworm on our dog. We have three dogs, yeah. <laughs> and all their veterinary care is paid for. So the veteran has no burden whatsoever. So it, it's so important for these heroes, and they are heroes. They're the ones that are keeping us safe. Uh, it's so important to make sure they're taken care of, and they have, to, and they don't have to worry about buying food for the dog or going to the vet for their dog or buying pharmaceuticals for their dog. So that that's been a very important plus for us. So hey, Andy, you to, at the dinner party at your house a couple of weeks ago, you told me a story about you read something about suicide and veterans. Can you please tell our listeners and viewers that story? Well, it, it's very sad. Um, most It's really swept under the rug. 22 veterans a day take their lives. 22 a day. That's over 8,000 a year. And these are heroes that are, have been taught to be strong and don't show weakness. But a lot of them have a lot of inner demons, and they take their lives daily. We know a service dog will save their life. 94% of the time, a service dog given to a veteran as a companion, will save their life. And, and the dogs are not pets. Most people don't realize. These are working animals. <clears throat> um, you want me to tell the story, Ron, that we talked about at the dinner table? Absolutely. It moved me to no end. Now, I wanted to move our watchers. And we won't use any names, but I was driving and calling one of our recipients, who has one of our dogs named Zulu, uh, Chris Miller, and he wouldn't return my calls. We always return so very promptly. And... I got a text, call later, which is kind of odd for Chris. Waited half an hour, 40 minutes, called him back, can't talk. And finally, when he got through to me about three hours later, he told me the story of a veteran that he's very close to, uh, he was talking to, and he's never met the veteran, but they talk three or four times a week because they're both Marines, and they've been doing it for five years. And the gentleman said, Chris, thank you for all you've done. I love your brother, and hung the phone up on him. So Chris was like, oh, that's not a good sign. Called right back, no answer. Called 911, told the 911 operator in his area. Uh, I won't tell you what area it was in. Uh, I think my Marine buddy's trying to commit suicide. Can you do a welfare check? The police got there in less than two minutes. Knocked on the door, no answer. Broke the door down, and the gentleman was hanging. Terrible. And they cut him down, got him to the ER, saved him. And he's now alive for one of our dogs. Yay, that part's good. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really heartrending to hear some of these stories. This gentleman's alone. Um, a lot of demons from from the war, watching people getting killed and get people getting injured. And this, I said, Chris, you're a hero for doing what you did. He said, Mr. G, this happens every day. This is our life. These guys hold it in. You don't know they're having these problems, and pretty soon. And sooner or later, boom, they take their own lives. <clears throat> so it's a it's a it's an epidemic. So the bottom line here is you need money. Money will make the dogs, make the vets, 
stay alive and well, you can train more dogs and you can train more dogs and care for more dogs so well, all of you out there whether you're four and a half million or five and a half million all over the world we take, dogs for our brave they'll, they'll take any money they'll take <laughs> they'll take leader they'll take uh, whatever any <laughs> sue yen anything uh send what you can and andy's going to give you where to send it and this is a legitimate organization folks this is no sham because these are dear dear close close friends of ours we know them inside and out and they're not crooks thieves or charlatans and we wouldn't have them on if and, they were. i mean first of all i wouldn't know them i would have them killed anyway i call brooklyn, <laughs> I call brooklyn two bullets they're out tell them where to go well you where, can where, where do we send our money andy you can go to dogsforourbrave.com. There's a link there for donating. Our address is Dogs for Our Brave, 6244 Clayton Avenue in St. Louis, 63139. And I'll read it to you again in a few minutes so they can get a pencil and paper if they'd like. Absolutely. Positive. So you guys, Dogs for Our Brave, they have a YouTube channel that shows some really amazing things and um, shows like what the dogs are doing for some of the people who have them. Um, each dog will be trained to do the normal command, sit, lay, come, and stay. In addition, each dog will be able to turn on and off light switches. I mean, this is really cool shit. Uh, open doors, bracing, retrieval, pulling. Other commands are taught to them to help the special needs of, of the actual veteran who receives the dog. Um, but like... Well, Jenny, you- we have over 80 tasks we can train for, but each veteran has a specific thing they need. Or specific things they need. Uh, if you go on TikTok, it'll show you one of our dogs goes and gets orange juice out of the refrigerator and brings it back to the veteran who's in a wheelchair in another room. I or saw or um, you can get, they can bring uh, pharmaceuticals. They can bring pills in another room. Get my pills. Um, get help, which means the dog will go to another room and grab somebody and pull them towards the veteran. Maybe he fell down. Maybe he he passed out. Um, this is wonderful. This they is really- nightmare. Nightmare. Are, are, are these dogs just German shepherds, or are they all kinds of dogs? They're, they're all rescued. We only rescue dogs. Good. Um, so kind of save a dog, save a, save a veteran. Right. But one of the more important things we're doing now is nighttime and anxiety interruption. Nightmare and anxiety interruption. Uh, veterans have nightmares. The dog will jump up on the bed and pull the covers off the dog. The dog will jump on the bed and lick the, the veteran until they wake up because they have horrible nightmares. Um, and it's, it's what about the breeds, the breeds, yeah, the breeds we labs are very good because labs have wonderful dispositions. There's a lot of breeds we'd like to use, but they're mostly aggressive dogs and you don't want an aggressive dog. Uh, there are exceptions of course, uh, but yeah, German Shepherds and Belgian Malinois are historically bred for attack training or personal protection. We want dogs that are affectionate, loving. They're all, they're going to be in the in the, the veterans' family, so they have to be around kids. Uh, but what most people don't realize these are very well trained service dogs. <clears throat> they can give the veteran can give a command, uh, go pick my glasses up, pick my keys up. If you're in a wheelchair and you have no legs. You can't get out of the. You have to get out of the wheelchair onto the floor and scoot across the floor to pick a pair of keys up, or wheel, or sunglasses, or a wallet. Um, there's just a range of things they can dial nine one one. We can treat so cool. Dial nine one one. It's a different phone, by the way, with huge numbers on it. 
Um, bracing is the dog gets stiff and erect. So if the veteran falls down, the dog will act like a cane. So he can, the veteran can get up on the dog to get back up if he's fallen. Um, opening, opening doors, opening refrigerators, um, just almost anything these dogs can do if they're trained right. I love it. I think it's amazing. And first of all, you guys got to realize how important this whole thing is and how many veterans there are. And and to really like get all the veterans to have dogs, you know, you need a lot of money of $25,000. I I don't know how many veterans there are that would like many, many, but there's got to be like, like hundreds of thousands of them or a hundred thousand of them or something. Let me answer the question. What question? There's lot. There are lots of veterans that have severe PTSD and TV. Tremendous amount. We, we couldn't, it'd be very difficult for us to, to, to train enough dogs to get to all those veterans, but one at a time, you know, that's that's our goal. One at a time. Uh, We have a number of veterans in the queue. Um, the, The majority of our veterans have mobility issues. They all have PTSD, but by mobility, they're either a single leg, double leg, triple amputee. Um, when, when you're in combat and a bomb goes off near you, it might not injure you physically, but it hits your head, it concusses your brain, and that causes TBI, which is traumatic brain injury. Um, so there's a, just a range of things these folks go through, and we train for the specific veteran who gets a specific dog. So the same veteran that, that has severe TBI or PTSD doesn't need a dog that helps him push a wheelchair right now. So we train specifically for individual veterans, and we don't discriminate. We have Vietnam vets, we have men, we have women, all branches of the military, all ethnicities. Um, we don't, if you wore the uniform, you can get a dog from us. There Period. you go. I love okay. it. Okay, you and your lovely wife invited Jimmy and I to an affair for the desert. What was it? The desert, uh, the night we went out. The yeah, desert. Living desert. Yeah. yeah. And I sat there listening to people giving donations. And I was amazed because one man stood up and he said, I'll give a million dollars. He gave a million dollars to this desert thing to do something for the <laughs> giraffes. I don't know what the hell it was. But anyway, he gave a million bucks. Now, why don't that son of a bitch give you a million dollars for your cause? And I'd like to know his name. I go tell him too. You gave it for the giraffe. You can't give it for the veterans. There, there's a lot of very, very wonderful people in the desert who donate money to us, and we yeah, appreciate. Anybody that. give you a million yet? <laughs> They're not so wonderful, are they? If they really were wonderful, they'd all give you a million. Obviously, this guy's got many millions up his ass. If he could pull a million bucks out of his ass and give it to the giraffes, I mean, he can surely give you a million bucks, too. I can't believe you said Why? I don't give a shit. What do I care? You know, people, they, they like to show off at these affairs. I give a million. So everybody applauds and says, wow, isn't he fabulous? You know, give it silently, the million. Give Andy a million bucks, everybody out there. All of you listening, if you have all that kind of money and you're worth 20, 40, 80, 150 million, give Andy a million bucks. Let's get this show on the road, kiddo. These guys went out there and they broke their backs for you. They took their lives in their own hands to protect you from the criminals and the creeps and the horrible people that try to invade our country and make us into Germans or Japanese or whatever the fuck they try to make us into. Anyway. I said my <laughs> Salute. We, we have a lot, we have a lot of, of, of very dedicated uh, folks out there. We have some great sponsors. 
We have Tito's Vodka. We have Purina. <clears throat> we have a new sponsor, uh, Black 17 Productions, which is coming out with a new movie. And they're going to donate all the proceeds to us. That's I just, awesome. I just found out. Um, so there's, there's some very, very uh, altruistic people out there that do wonderful things. But you're, you've got a, a lot of different charities that need money. There's some yeah, but this, this is a very good charity that nobody seems to be aware of. You know, I was invited into the cancer thing to do a show with Melissa Niederman, okay? Um, I'm going to do it when we're out of here, but I have been working for HIV and AIDS with the Elizabeth Taylor Foundation for AIDS Research for over 30, 40 years, breaking our backs, doing shows to raise money to help AIDS victims, to give them the medication and the funds that they need to survive just living and eating. The government did nothing, okay? Our government is doing nothing for these vet, vet, these veterans because you shouldn't have to do what you're doing on my show to get money to help these people. Our government should do it. Cut the shit with all the illegal aliens that come here and they get everything for free. You're not supposed to do politics. I'm not doing politics. <laughs> these are not politics. These are frank remarks. Don't give our money away to people who don't deserve it. Give our money away to our Marines, Air Force, Navy, and who am I missing? One Army, of Air Force. Yeah, Sorry. give it to give it to the boys. By the by the way, your your grandson is in the chat room with your daughter, and they're watching you right now. So wave and say hi. <laughs> and I just want to say that I'm a Second World War baby, and I remember growing up with the Second World War, and the people had stars on their windows, and if you had four stars, it means you lost four of your sons in the war. What's more tragic than losing a child? You know what's more tragic? Having a child come home without arms and legs. You say to yourself, he would have been better off dead because to live that way for the rest of his life is a sin. And now we have a chance to have dogs help these people to function and be as active as we are. So come on, everybody out there, have a heart, give a little. You know, you go to Starbucks, you blow five bucks on a shitty coffee and a crappy croissant. Give that five <laughs> bucks to Andy. Because if all of you give those five bucks, those bucks add up, and that's going to make some vet happy. And when you go to sleep at night, your conscience is going to say to you, I did good. I helped somebody who protected me. Well, that's, you know? that's, that's one of the things that people maybe lose a little bit of sight of. I was with some friends, Marilyn and I were before this pandemic nonsense hit, and we were in a restaurant, and they looked at me and went, what's the big deal with these dogs? I said, kidding. I would have said the big deal is one should bite. Let him answer. I had to get in there. I would have said the big deal is one should bite your face off. It was was a fair question because he didn't know a lot about our organization. We're 501c3, so we're we're charitable through the IRS. And I said, Well, you afraid of a bomb going off in the restaurant here? And he looked at me and went, What are you nuts? I said, Well, what what do you mean? You Aren't you worried about it? He goes, no, it doesn't happen here. So why doesn't it happen here? Because we're protected. We're protected by our our heroes over in other countries, keeping the bad guys from getting over here. And so far, they've done a really wonderful job. They come back. You've got a family of five, six, a husband, a wife, three or four kids. And the VA gives them $3,000 a month to live on at 100% disabled. It's not right. It's just not right. It's not fair. So we figured we'd do our little bit to help as many of these guys as we could and ladies, because we have ladies that are amputees that are, that are recipients and they're heroes. 
they're pure and simple heroes, and I think our VA treats them like crap, quite frankly. You know, there's a saying, the forgotten hero. Where did that come from? Obviously, they are forgotten, or they wouldn't have had that little gimmicky, the forgotten hero. He should not have been the forgotten hero, because the people that lost their sons and daughters or have they maimed didn't forget the heroes, but it's the people that are out there at a cocktail party having a good time thinking, oh, well, it's nice living in America. I like it. Yeah, well, go out, put a gun up your ass and go kill an enemy and see how nice that is. It's not so nice. Living in the Second World War, as I did, was fearful. We didn't know when the airplanes came overhead if they were ours or the Germans or the Japanese. Today, we could be speaking German and every Jew is dead. And or we could be Japanese and we probably would have a cure for the flu, maybe. But anyway, <laughs> that was what war was. War stinks. The people in it are, are sad. I think they're victims. There should never be a war. There should never be a soldier. And God, God, if I had sons and they died in the war, I would be furious or were maimed. Well, I, I think it's important to know that we we have Vietnam vets who are going to become recipients for us that are in our queue now. Um, they, they all deserve our help, every one of them. Absolutely. We can't, we can't do it ourselves. Uh, you know, it, costs, it, it takes one trainer to train two dogs at one time, max. So it, it just gets expensive, and there's no other way around it because if you don't train them properly, you're doing them a disservice. Yes. Well, Andy, we're going to have to do a benefit. And I'm going to have to call all my celebrity friends and Lainey Kazan, number one, to come into the benefit to raise funds for your organization. Lainey is a good girl. She'll do it, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then all of our other celebrity friends will do it in Palm Springs and get that fancy schmancy guy that gave the million bucks to come. <laughs> I, want, I, want his, another, I want his million for you. That, hey, uh I'll give you his name after we get off the air. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him up and say, "Listen, big shot, you got another million laying around, and he could use it." So now, you guys, when you wait, I want to talk now. No, wait, wait. I want to go off the subject because I'm getting so fucking depressed. We only have five minutes. So. Oh, I'm gonna commit suicide. I want to talk about your fabulous daughter Sarah, who has the best wine in the world. It's it's uh, what is it? Not holistic wine. What is it? It's got, that doesn't have shit in it. No poisons. Scout, nothing. Scout and cellar. It's called. It has no additives, no preservatives, no extra sugar, no. Uh, uh, doesn't stain your teeth. It doesn't stain your teeth. It's really, really, really good. And it's delicious. And what's wine. the website for that? Delicious. Do you guys delicious. know? Do you know the website? Uh, it's Scout and Cellar. Six three six. Number. Um, I'm not going to give a number on the air, but okay. But um, we'll, we'll we'll let you do a show with Sarah. Yeah, well, we'll bring Sarah on one of these days. Sarah's yeah. in the chat room. Sarah, put your website in the chat room for me to read if you're still there. And, um, and say something else, Marilyn, just so we can hear you talk. No, I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm to kill her when I see her. <laughs> that she's sitting there just looking vogue and beautiful. Like, here I am. I'm gorgeous. You guys look so That's regal sitting get. there. It looks like I feel like I'm like talking to the president and the first lady in the Oval Office. You I guys look so great. You, I got to <laughs> tell you about Mary Lynn. She is the kindest, sweetest person. That's why we adore her. A very dear friend of ours, Tony, was dying in the hospital from an automobile accident. This lady was there 24-7, stroking him, kissing him, talking to him, as we all were, to get his brain to function. Unfortunately, it was hopeless, and he had to be put to sleep. 
Is that is that right? Put to sleep? No. Uh, uh, he died. Well, I, <laughs> I, I don't even like to say that he died. I hate that word because I love Tony. He was my buddy, my dear friend. Anyway, Marilyn is a good-hearted gal, and she's married to a super-duper guy who's really a, a smart guy um, and a nice guy. And I don't like too many straight people, but... <laughs> They're, they're That's not the, true. Well, we only hang out with straight people. Yeah, but I don't like them all. <laughs> <laughs> but these two, I love. You are one of a kind. Let me tell you. I bet you. You know what? And I love uh, Marilyn's grapefruits. She has the biggest. Oh yeah, you guys. Grapefruits. Those grapefruit were great. Jimmy squeezed them all and put them in a in a thing in a, uh, a pitcher, and we drank them. Now I'm waiting for my <laughs> mangoes. <laughs> so Marilyn, when are my mangoes? Ready? You guys have a mango tree? Yeah, she's giving me mangoes. Oh. <laughs> he loves mango teenies. <laughs> then you're going to come to our house, bring the mangoes, and I'm going to make us mango teenies, and we're going to get smashed on mango teenies. Okay. They're delicious. Do you ever have a mango teeny? About over 100 now there. Yeah, we have a bunch of mangoes. Oh, uh, a mango teenies out of this world. It's the most delicious uh, martini there is. Well, so what me, else, what else is going on? Hang on, we have three minutes, and we need to get out the information. How come they're on so little? Huh? Because they're not on so little. It's just it goes fast when you're talking. But I didn't get fast. a chance to talk to Marilyn about fashion. <laughs> Let me give the, the the address for our, our uh, training yes. center again. Yes, please it's do. 6244 Clayton <laughs> Avenue, St. Louis, 63139. It's Dogs for Our Brave. We are a 501c3, so we're recognized by the IRS as a nonprofit. Uh, and, and every penny we get goes to training. Uh, you know, the building was expensive. Uh, the tra- we have trainers. We have four trainers now. We have a wonderful executive director, Christine. We have a wonderful head trainer, Paul. Uh, they, they, they devote their lives to helping these injured veterans. And it, it's just wonderful to watch and wonderful to see. And it just does your heart good to know these kind of people and know what they're doing there. Because they're not in it for the money. They're in it for, to help our veterans. That's good people. You know, and you, you guys, the website is dogsforourbrave.com, and so yeah. is the Twitter, at dogsforourbrave. So follow them on Twitter. Um, they post really great things. There's also a Facebook page that you can like, and they post videos of, of the dogs doing stuff with different veterans on there. It's really, really great to watch. It's a great charity, um, and, and we would love as much support as we can get from everybody who's paying attention and, and I want to quote my I want to quote my dear friend Jane Russell, who said to me once, Ron, if you give a dollar, the Lord sees to it that you make two back. And if you believe in Jesus and you believe in the Lord, then you will give a dollar because you will receive two back. Wonderful said. Wonderfully said. We That's what, Jane was a very good Christian. She really believed that. And Jane gave to so many organizations. And suddenly, and then suddenly things would happen where her stocks would go up and she'd make a ton of money. So if you give, you get. If you don't give, you don't get. Unfortunately, we don't give. Because we have a million zillion people who are constantly asking us for money. And I said to Jimmy, I only give to AIDS because that's my thing. Because we don't make enough money to give to every, everybody exactly. who comes on. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants us to give like two, three, four, five hundred dollars What the fuck do they think? We're made out of money? You know. So, I mean, we can't. I could give a little bit, but I'll give it off. I make believe I didn't give you money, but I'll give you money. Because if, every, <laughs> if everybody else finds out, they're all going to go. want money. So you guys listen up. This is this is Andy and Marilyn. Marilyn, 
Gladstein. I always pronounce it wrong. Who and are dolls, angels, they're fabulous, and you guys. Please do uh, go follow at Dogs for Our Brave on Twitter. Uh, if you have money and you can afford to donate, please donate at dogsforourbrave.com. We want to thank the two of you for coming on the show. You do really look so beautiful and regal. It's not even funny. And oh. uh, well, and everybody that, like loves it. That's Ken and Bobby doll. And everybody loves it. So thank you, you guys, because we're out of time, and we'll and see I'll, you guys and, soon. And maybe next week a barbecue at our house on the new barbecue. We look forward to it. Bye, you guys. Bye. Love Thanks. you both. See you soon. Bye, Jen. Bye, bye. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay well. Hi, chat stay room, home. everybody. Thank you so much. We had a great time. Great show. Um, hey, John Diadamo's in there. What's up, everybody? So we'll see you guys next week. In and that's it. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you soon. Bye bye. Ciao, ciao. Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest newest and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come and watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Oh.